bronche, bronche. That's how we say brunch. Here's to the ladies who stay busy with their lunch. Be a queen. Be a boss. Ladies who brunch are popping off. Hey, we pop, pop, and pop it off. We, we pop, pop, All pop right. The episode's about to start. What's up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Ladies Who Bronche. I am Julissa. What's good, everybody? This is Skittles. And this week, I am so excited to finally introduce more formerly Tia, somebody who I have to say, I enjoy so much on social media. Like, you know, <laughs> y- y'all know him as my primo because I'm always talking about how my primo's talking some shit. Um, I, Mozo, it's funny. I don't know if I found Mozo or Mozo found me, but I remember just seeing somebody <laughs> who was super enthusiastic, not just about the work that I was doing, but somehow kept popping up in the names of people who are in our social circles. And I'm like... Who is this Mozo guy and how does everybody know him? And we all love him so much. Um, And it's been such a wonderful blessing to finally this year have more of a connection and more interaction with you um, and get to know you a little better. But Mozo, tell us, who the fuck are you? Damn, first off, first off, I think I found you, Julissa. <laughs> I believe it. I don't know how, but I just know that I was like, yo, who is this dope dude? And he's supporting all our shit. Yeah. Um, first off, thank y'all for having me on. Um, I love what y'all do. Um, y'all both amazing. And um, who who's Mozo? Well, I'm a hundred percent me. That's who I am. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I always keep that. it real. I say what I say what I feel, and I feel what I say. And um, you know, but um, I'm a father. I'm a husband. Um, and I'm just somebody who's just trying to make the world a better place by you know having the conversations that really matter. Um, that's that's really who I am to put it I, all in one box. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and what, what inspired you to be that kind of person though? Like where you know, not every everybody has a heart, but not everybody's heart is as big as yours seems to be. And I'm just so curious, like what what got you into wanting to have these dialogues, wanting to use podcasts as as a creative outlet? And please tell us a little bit about your podcast also and how that came about. Yeah, so for me, really, it's really been like I'm gonna say my kids probably. Like that's probably my my um like the inspiration behind it all because I just I noticed and realized how strong my words are, like how powerful they can be when you have a conversation with with a four year old, with a three year old, even with a ten year, you know, whatever age it is. Um, as long as you're having that age appropriate conversation with anybody, um, it can make a it can have an impact on them. So. I thought the same way I could have a conversation with them, I could have with other youth or other adults, other men, especially, right, that um, we need to work on um, on having these conversations. So that's really what inspired me to have my podcast, in which, you know, I really started. Um, it was September 2020 where I started, started the podcast. And in the beginning, um, it was just me talking about certain topics, um, talking about toxic masculinity, which then turned into healing masculinity because, I feel like I just, it was kind of therapeutic for me doing the podcast a little bit. You know, I was talking about a lot of my personal things, things that I've gone through, um, things that I've witnessed. And um, I didn't want it to sound like I was also bashing um, men or anything like that. I wanted to, to create a space where people felt welcome to just have a conversation about stuff and be like, you know, a lot of times, there's a lot of men don't even have even come across these kind of topics sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, because we, so, so you can't knock somebody who's never even been exposed to anything like that. 
Um, and now the podcast has grown to, you know, where it's been able to, I've been able to have guests and people on the show from all different parts of the country, really, um, and just have different conversations, you know, build community. And, um, you know, and, I, you know, now it's not something where it's just a men based type of podcast. Like I said, it's for everybody, just to anybody mm-hmm. to have a conversation about anything, because it's something that I've learned a lot by having people on. And um and that to me really is is um is my whole thing behind everything you know like the reason I follow y'all because I learn from y'all like I learned so much from y'all <laughs> you know what I'm saying from what you guys talk what y'all talk about um posts and everything whatever it may be I've learned so much from y'all you know and um that's to me that's really what it's about just continue to learn to grow and be the best you can be. I love that. Yes. I I love that. And what are your kids' reactions to the podcast? Or knowing <laughs> that their dad has a podcast. Man, my kids are my biggest fans, man. Like, <laughs> uh, my son tunes in every. My son is ten years old. He tunes in every week and he watches. Um, and my daughter, she, she wants, she wants to watch every week, but she's four and she needs to go to sleep. But there's times she sneaks out the room, goes, goes into, goes into, you know, with her brother, and then she ends up watching it too with him. Um, uh, I feel like, I feel super proud of of, of the work I've done as a father because. I'm showing him something that I'm just showing him that your voice matters and that mm-hmm. it's okay to express yourself and to speak out and talk about anything, you know, like anything you want to talk about. And I think that for me is, is 100% what I wanted to be as a father. Just be yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell my kids all the time, just be you, no matter where you go, be you. Don't matter. Don't change for anybody. Don't change because you're over here now. You're over there. Just be you. Whoever, whoever will love you will accept you for who you are. Whoever doesn't just skirt and keep it moving. Right. Yes. I love that. I feel like I I feel like it's so important that like men have like content creators creating things in this vein. Like I think of how different my relationship with my father would have been had he had someone to have these conversations with or have people like creating things for this specific type of community. And I also think of like People like you and people like Rick H and like Dad Rapee and like how important like these conversations are. Men of our community, you know. Can you run your sentence back just one more time, your last two sentences? Because it definitely froze on my end. Oh, no. Should I move? No, just pick it back up. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. I was just just saying like, like thinking about like saying how... I can't even remember how important it, it like how how important it is to have like a content creator who is like a heterosexual like father figure creating content for this community and how important content creators like Mozo and like Rick H who has like dad repeat um it is how important this type of content is and these content these conversations are um and thinking about how my relationship with my father would have been and people of our generation's relationship with their fathers would have been had people been making content like this for them absolutely and i i think that that is what i appreciate about it and that's why i'm i'm excited to uh pick mozo's cishet male brain today right because <laughs> yeah so i think you're like, he's the first cishet male that we've had since john mark in last season since john mark yes Mm-hmm. Yes. So we haven't we, we we we're scarce on the cishet male on this side, um, you know, <laughs> and not because they're not all welcome because they are. But just, you know, for some, 
they either haven't expressed interest or a lot of people just think this podcast is for ladies because we're called ladies who don't share little do they know we're really giving them all the answers you know that woman uh what that movie what women want like listen to this podcast how about that <laughs> like we got y'all back on this side but Anyway, yeah, let's move into uh, some bronche questions. Skittles. Yes, so mozo, when you go out to eat brunch, what is your go-to bronche plate? Uh, for me, it's the steak and eggs. Steak and eggs. I feel eggs. like such a bad answer. <laughs> That's it a is. very bad answer. <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> And are you a are you a hash brown person? Are you getting pancakes? Like, what are you eating with all all this protein, steak nah. and eggs? <laughs> I, I like I like I like the hash browns. Like, I don't really like like I don't know. Like, I'm just like if I eat pancakes, I just pancakes to me is so filling. Like, it's hard for me to eat like pancakes and steak. Like, I can't eat all that. Like, I can't. <laughs> I love to eat, but I just can't. I won't finish it. How do you yeah. get your steak? Oh, um, medium well. Okay. Good. And Good. so, with your steak and eggs, what are we drinking? What is your go-to bronche bebida? Um, you know, I like I like a good mojito. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like a good mojito. Okay. I could do some mimosas. It all depends how I'm feeling. But usually, I like I like drinking mojitos. Are you are like you a, a traditional mojito, or are you like a like a passion fruit mojito? No, nah, I don't. I don't want no. I don't want no extra flavors. I like it original. That's right. it. Straight up minty, straight minty, yeah, straight minty, and nothing. <laughs> <You're back. laughs> nah, just like the extra flavor has like, like it's too sugary sometimes. Like when you add like to add extra flavors, also I'm not too crazy about like sugary drinks. Mm. Real, I agree, a hundred percent. When's your birthday, Mozo? What's your sign? Uh, my birthday is September 18th. I am a Virgo, Virgo and I know Virgo. nothing about horoscopes. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it's really a Virgo. Like I, most Virgo Virgos in my life know nothing about astrology. I don't know if it's a Virgo thing, but this is a continuation of the pattern that I'm picking up on. Um, I'm, I don't know. I feel like yeah, you did. You had a birthday recently online. Yes, there was that moment. But I've never been able. I, and I think this is also what I appreciate about you, Mozo, is like just as much as like we can joke about like yeah, you know, the straight guy, whatever. There's just you know. I feel like you're very um, full of surprises, is what I'll say. I think you, you're good <laughs> at like, yeah, yeah, like no, no. I mean, like in a good way. Like you have your figure and your like, you know, how you speak and how you're grounded in your humor. But then you have like this other side of your humor that's like super Dominican, like Dominican dad humor. But then you also have like this like youthful humor to you. Like I feel like you have a lot of different facets to you. Um, and I always learn them in the strangest moments. So my astrology question is a way for me to try to pin and assign things and understand and weave all of the different <laughs> sides of mozos that I've that I've seen so far. Um, speaking of which, let's talk a little bit about when Mozo the kid. So what was it like to go out to eat when you were growing up? Yo, to be honest, like I almost never went out to eat. Like I can't even, like, it wasn't until I went to, like, in high school, like, you know, my friends, like, went out to eat. To me, that was my first experience, and I felt like it was so new to me. Like, it was, like, I didn't even know what to do. Like, go like, you know, when you're in high school, you like, we go to Applebee's, you might go here, stuff like that, right? I never experienced yeah. that. I never experienced that with my, like, my family. Like, <laughs> like mm -hmm. I think I think back, and, like, maybe I would go to, like, 
Dominican restaurant here and there in Sunset Park, stuff like that, you know, like, but it was never something like, oh, even now to this day, my dad be like, oh, it's Father's Day, maybe why don't buy Red Lobster, you know what I'm saying, like that, you know what I'm saying, like, like that's how he looks at it, but like, when I was a kid, it was never nothing like that, like, it was, like, I don't remember ever sitting down at a restaurant with my whole family having a meal, like, that's crazy, Ooh. but I don't even remember that. Um, wow. Yeah, like, I remember, like, my dad would give me McDonald's, stuff like that, but never, like, to a restaurant to sit down and have a meal, because it was something like, we had food at home, you know, like, it was always very, like, we're gonna, my mom would cook at home, my dad would cook at home, stuff like that, so it was never, like, I don't know, and I didn't even have the urge to go eat outside, either, because I didn't know what it was about, like, so it was just, mm. like, I didn't care mm. for it. Wow, so you weren't the kid who secretly wanted McDonald's when your mom was trying to force you to eat some arroz con guandule for you style? Nah. Hell no! I love my arroz con gandule. I love. Yeah. I like, <laughs> I'll take that over anything. You know what I'm saying? You keep asking That's my wife. Like, she's like, she's like, I gotta make rice. I gotta make rice. I was asking his rice, but it's like I need to have rice in my meal. Like, it has to have yeah. rice. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Did you? Do you, do you also cook? cook? Huh? <laughs> not asking the same question. <laughs> yeah, what? Do I cook? Oh man, no, I do not. <laughs> wow. Oh, your dad point just kind of went down for me. That what? You, you took. I take away one dad point from you. Uh, you could. You could keep that one. <laughs> 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 no, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be honest with you. So it, it's kind of like it's just you know how we talk about like how uh, like Dominican men go, grow up in their their, ha- their in their homes, right? And it's like oh. that that's their, that's away from the kitchen kind of stuff, right? I never, I never had the urge to cook, but it was never an opportunity for me to be like, it was never like a thing like, oh, let me teach you how to make this, let me teach you how to make this. like, and it never crossed my mind. Like, I never like, it wasn't something that I wanted to do because I just was never, again, exposed to it. Um, mm. I have made moro before. I made like a little bit of rice before, you know what I'm saying? Like, but again, I'm also someone, my wife cooks amazing. Mm-hmm. And whenever she takes, I take the day off from cooking, you know what I'm saying? We, we go out to eat something, order something, you know what I mean? Something like that, something like But I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn how to cook. I'm going to learn how to cook. You got to. You got to. It's a survival skill. <laughs> it's, a sur- it's a good survival skill to have. I'm going to tell you right now, just, Mozo, the first thing you got to master is a really good sofrita. Once you master okay. a good sofrito, you have all the Latino dishes down. All right. When yeah. I made that, when I made that hokum gandule, it was a Puerto Rican lady on YouTube. She was showing me how to do it, and I did it, and it came out good. That's dope. Shout out, shout out to the body. Shout out to the bodies. Yeah, the bodies make some good fucking rice, especially when they put <laughs> coconut shit in there. I love that. All right, all right, yeah. calm down. <laughs> <laughs> calm down, calm relax. down, calm relax. down, relax. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. <laughs> okay, bitch, fuck out of here. We was in real life. We'd be scrapping. I saw that little. That you did at the end. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so tell us, Mozo, what is your favorite bochinche topic to discuss when you're out to brunch? I don't really uh, like bochinche. I, I just make jokes. I make a lot of jokes. Like, I don't shut up. My wife thinks I'm corny. She'll be like, shut up. Stop talking. She'll be like, don't embarrass me. <laughs> and I just I just make a lot of jokes like <laughs> you know what I'm saying like that's the kind of person I am I'm not really into the business of talking about a lot I don't know I just don't like um 
like maybe it's been going on like with somebody or something going on like in in like social media or like you know like in hip hop which I love like something like that I'll talk about it. That's bochinches, not just talking shit about people's lives. I guess, I guess, even like, like as I've gotten older, I've lost a lot of interest in a lot of like just like talking about artists. Like I just don't like. Mm -hmm. I'd rather just talk about life and just keep it like that. You know what I'm saying? Instead of talking about, you know what it is. A lot of times bochinche is like the root of it. Sometimes it's sometimes it's like just it's negative. A lot Mm -hmm. of times, right? It's a lot like negative. So I try to stay away from a lot of negative talk. So like. That's why sometimes I, it doesn't happen. You know, not all Bonchita is negative, but most of the time it's coming from a negative place. Like, it's like, oh, do you hear about so-and-so? Do you hear about that? da 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 nah. I'd be like, stop. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> Right. So now, not all bochincha is bad bochincha. Yes, I'm a you know, pero bochincha does open the door for some shit. Copy. You right. I have a I have a question about your brunch experience. Do you, is the majority of your brunch experience experienced with your wife and her girlfriends? Or is it like, do you have a cishet straight brunch that you go to? <laughs> like, do you have a group of guys that you go to brunch with? Where do bros go out and brunch? Do bros brunch? Do bros brunch? If, if it wasn't if it wasn't for my wife, I wouldn't go to brunch. Wow. And I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why right now. I'm gonna tell you why right now. The reason is because like, it's just a lot of it. It's just like, like I love the steak and eggs, but it's like sometimes like the time for brunch and the meal, like I don't need that. Head, like it's just too much going on. That day drinking, I'm not crazy about day drinking either. Like I don't mm. like feeling, I don't like feeling a hangover at 7 p.m. Sometimes like you get this headache and you're like, damn, what are mimosas? And now I got a headache at 7 p.m. and now the rest of my evening is done. I'm just not. I don't know. Honestly, I don't even like going out to eat like that. That's just me. I like to eat my food at home in my peace, tranquilo, not people talking around me, nobody walking out to push my chair in. I can just chill and relax. That's just me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Now, if I have to go out, I go out. I do. I am a social person. But when it comes to eating, I like to eat at home. Hmm. That's very particular. I don't think I've ever <laughs> like heard someone like specifically describe like wanting to eat at home, but that does make a lot of sense. Like I, I totally get it. I just like getting cooked for, you know what I mean? Mm. Like I know how to cook, but I like going out to eat and it's mostly about um, having great food. But I agree when I go to restaurants that are like empty, if the restaurant is almost empty and the food is slamming, that's like the best fucking night where it feels mm-hmm. like it's just you and the people who work at the restaurant basically right. there. Like I love that calm energy. So it's good for the digestion, I think for mm. sure. Like, awesome. like even, like, like even eating in the car. Like this time, you know, last time we pick up food, right? And she's like, "You're not gonna." Eat. She, she'll be like, "You're not gonna eat your food. Like it's gonna get cold." I'm like, "It's fine. I'd just rather eat it at home and be like, I don't know. I just, I'm just, I like to sit down at the table, sit down, chill, and just eat my food without having to worry about driving or like just the people around me. I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> That's real. That's real. No, I like I said, it's good for the di- the, the the digestion. I was gonna say this. The digestion. <laughs> the digestion. It's the it's the Coors Light seltzer water that's getting to me. No, it's not. Not yet. Not even close. Um. All right. Um. Well, let's move into our cheers section where we uh shout out dope people doing dope shit. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. So this week, Drake and Kanye West, they held a concert um, around the cause to free ha- Larry Hoover. I was supposed to say Harry Hoover. I'm on some, my, my words today are like mixed. But anyway, the concert happened and I didn't get to see the full concert. I only saw clips. Did you guys get to tune in or see any clips? I just, saw the, I just saw a few clips. And I thought, I mean, I don't know what y'all thought, but first I thought it was pretty dope that the that they got together and did this concert. First of all, back, if we want to rewind back to when they were going to release their albums, there was all this conversation and all this beef about who's the best and all this stuff. And I remember feeling like, I don't know, the beef felt very um, silly to me. Like it didn't feel like it had enough weight. I didn't really understand the need for it. And of all the ways that Kanye goes into his like crazy like episodes, I didn't, I don't know, like something about it felt off. And I even wondered if they were in on it together, which I often wonder a lot in rap and hip hop with um, certain beefs, because in a world where you have people who are literally killing each other, like rappers who are like getting shot in front of their fucking uh, houses or in their communities, right? To think that, you know, I don't know, I just have a conspiracy theory around that. But I do think that whether or not they were faking it in the beginning and something like this was always coming, or if it just really happened organically after they had like a big conversation with each other. I don't know if it was before or after Mozo, maybe, you know, before or after Kanye did the interview with, um, and oh God, what's the name of Nori's podcast? I don't remember. Oh, uh, Drink Champs, Drink Champs. Thank you, right? Like, I don't know if it was before or after Drink Champs, but... Um, you know, I think it's important to model that behavior. And Drake is kind of notorious for that. We saw it happen with Meek Mill, right? Where after his beef with Meek, all of a sudden him and Meek were cool. Like it seems to be on brand for Drake, but I really appreciated it. And I appreciate that they could rally around the cause. But a lot of people had a lot of mixed feelings about things that were happening. Merch was being sold for a lot of money and people were asking questions about that. And I don't know, but I just thought it was dope that they could get together and do that that Amazon had something to do with it was interesting to me, you know? And like, I'm not a fan of, of the billionaires in this country, but like they're here, you know, and they did the thing. And in my head, it's kind of like, well, they probably have the kind of power to affect legislation in a bigger way, um, but maybe they're benefiting and so they won't. So they'll do these concerts, but they won't have actually solve the real issue. So I'm definitely not blind to how this concert doesn't really solve anything. Um, but I still thought for the cultural moment and talking about it as a music industry moment, I thought that it was a cool moment. What did y'all think, Moza? What did you think about it? Um, I think I think it was kind of to piggyback off what you said. I think it was cool that they were able to get together. Um, you know, these are two guys that are iconic. You know, saying that they they've made great music. Um, they have huge fan bases and following, so it was great to see two um, artists come together like that and do it. Um, the reason I'm turned off by both of the artists is because it's just, again, a lot of stuff just seems manufactured, seems um, just not authentic, seems like, you know, and, and, and you know, Kanye has his own issues, but sometimes, again, we don't know whether he's just saying it to say it or saying it because he wants to sell his latest sneaker. And same thing with Drake. We don't know if Drake is just, you know, Drake is always has always been like that to me, you know, like he's not somebody who... Like, if Drake was, I wouldn't be cool with Drake. Like, I just wouldn't. Because he comes across as somebody who's just not authentic. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. somebody who, like, who's just be the flip-flopping all over the place and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I do think it was cool to come together for a cause, for a good cause. Um, I'm not down with all that merch being so expensive. I did hear about that. 
Um, like these guys have so much money, right? Like, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think it was great. And I do think that the beef was never that deep. I think it was something where it was just, um, again, it was two guys who have been compared a lot also. And I think when people compare them, and, and not only that, but also the media and everybody else, they feed into that, right? They want to see that. They want to see them not get along. They want to create this, you know, this, this beef and make it bigger than what it is. Yeah. Um, which, which a lot of times happens and then it's up to the artist sometimes to feed into it or not feed into it and some artists don't feed into it and it goes away or it's not but some, some artists like someone like Kanye might feed into it even more and be like yeah you know that type of stuff but I don't think Drake ever wanted to be for Kanye Drake is a Drake is a, a I feel like Drake as even though I said what I said about him he's a huge fan of a lot of artists and I think mm. that's, that's how he comes across I think I think he's a huge fan of Kanye mm. and I think that him being on that stage, I think, meant a lot to him. I think it meant right a lot me. more to Drake than it meant to Kanye. <laughs> Real. 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 Guys, and I... Go ahead. No, no, no. I, wa I wanted to ask you guys, because obviously, like, I didn't watch the concert, right? And, like, for me, I feel like in terms of both Kanye and Drake, I'm a fan in the sense of, like, I know they're, like, hits and, like, whatnot, but I'm not, like, a huge, like diehard fan of either of them. But knowing what I know of each artist, I don't know that I would necessarily say that their styles are similar. Do you guys, as people who are fans, like put them in the same category as like, you know, when you think of hip hop artists, you think their sounds are similar? To me, not like, at all. To me, not yeah. at all. That they're both commercial and have like a lot of commercial stuff, yes. Yeah. That they're underground, not underground, they're like deep tracks, let's call them, that people who are real hip hop fans often fuck with, but they don't necessarily get certain radio rotations. Like when you look at those parts of their catalogs, no, mm -hmm. very, very different rappers. I also think that as much as Drake has evolved, I feel like he hasn't. And Kanye, I think, has had more of an evolution career-wise. So mm -hmm. Kanye is harder to pin as an artist, period, because of how experimental he gets. And Drake is like a, it's like McDonald's. You always know what you're going to get. Mm -hmm. Right. Drake, Drake, is, Drake is like the safe guy, right? The safe guy. Like, he, he knows what he does. And he's going to keep doing it, right? Like, you'll hear, mm -hmm. like, every Drake album will sound um, almost, I mean, it'll sound different depending on the times, right? Like, if this but it'll, right it'll now, all be curated. It'll all have that right. same the same The content, the content of the album mm -hmm. would be pretty much the same. You know, it's always the same stuff. When someone like Kanye, he, he takes risks, he takes chance, he's okay with maybe feeling a little bit uncomfortable and doing something different. Um, then that's why, to me, when it comes to the artistry, like, I put Kanye on a different level than I would put Drake, you know, because just because just off that. Um, Drake is just somebody who... I mean, like I said, he's a talented guy, but he's also somebody who just plays a safe role. Like, I mean, like, you can hear, I heard his last album and I, and I really heard it and I felt like, what am I doing listening to this right now? Like, that's really what I felt like. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, nothing moved me. Nothing. Right. <laughs> I believe yeah. right. nothing moved me on that album. And when you, when you start getting older, not that you're looking for something to move you, but like, you kind of want artists like kind of evolve with you. Right? Like, try, you, yeah, right? try. you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you kind of want an evolution of a, to see an evolution of an artist. Like, and that's a certain artist I don't understand sometimes. And I'm not going to throw, I'm not going to get into a list because I have a list of artists that I feel are just stuck. And yeah, a lot well, of them, they, no, they no, I want to hear some of the names. They, they you want to hear, you, you hear some of the names? I want to hear a list. I want to hear the list. All right, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to start off with Drake. 
Um, I'm gonna start off with I'm, I'm gonna say Nicki Minaj. I feel like Nicki Minaj has has especially her. You know, like yeah, people can talk. People can talk. Yeah, she's like, like, like she was like I did what I had to do on the mixtapes. Right, battles. like. Like people talk about like Cardi, but Cardi, even though Cardi has so much less work than Nicki, and she's she's shown more evolution and shown more openness in her music. And again, there it's it's their rise as an artist is, is how open they are. But how old are you now, Nicki Minaj? How many times are you gonna tell us that you got more rings than LeBron James? How many more times are you gonna tell us? You know, like it's the same repetitive thing that I hear from her. I hear from Drake. I can't hear. I can't think of any other like. But it's just a lot of artists. It's the same, like, yeah. I'm my elder. Like, I don't hear the same thing over and over again. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I will say about Cardi, though, like, and not to, I'm actually a Cardi fan more than I am a Nicki fan. But I will say it's easy for us to say that and make that comparison between her and Nicki at a time where Nicki is further along in her journey and having had made some of that shit. And if they came out at the same time back in the day, I do think Nikki would have ate the shit out of Cardi, like yeah. period. You know what I mean? And so, like, I recognize that as somebody who still prefers Cardi over Nikki, but I think that part of what Cardi is doing that Nikki did not do in her career, which, by the way, it would be dope if they did a concert for something for a cause. I think that would be dope, just putting it out there. But I think that Cardi's team has made sure that Cardi is becoming a big TV personality because if in this, you have to remember Cardi came from TV. Cardi mm -hmm. came from this reality TV world. And I think that that world is seeing her success over there and is now being like, come back, come back to the screen in all the ways that you can. We love you here. She's evergreen. She's like a New York from um, the Flavor of Love or, you know, mm -hmm. an Amorosa. And like, you know, not that she's all about drama, but just this idea that like she she's is an iconic personality and so her music being dope is just like a almost like a miracle it's kind of like oh shit she's actually good at that shit and we fuck with her music but even if her music was just semi good her team would have found a way to loop her back onto the screen but now that she's C Cardi fucking B and she's breaking mm -hmm. all of these records they can do it in a different level and in different circles than they would have been able to get her in if she would have stayed stuck to your point she's not stuck but I think her team has a big role in that too um anyway yeah so yeah just wanted to shout those guys out real quick for doing that um but let us move along to our tuta loca so this week you know we're in the middle of the holidays um we are getting ready for you know all the christmas shit the new year's resolutions all that energy but I think that though this is true every year, I feel like in this particular year, there is a really big dark cloud over Christmas. And whereas last year, the dark cloud was like, oh my God, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Like, what is this going to be? Now we're still in the pandemic and we're still, you know, broke. We're still hoping for stimulus checks. We're still hoping for change and more help from our government in other ways in terms of policy. We're still seeing people get certain verdicts and certain things that are unfair. We're still like all of these things are still happening. And I feel like it feels worse than the moment we were last year where there felt like there was some room for hope and there was some room to expect different energy that I don't know I feel this year myself. And on top of that, we're looking at, you know, a time in our nation where there's inflation like a motherfucker. 
supply mm. chains are like stuck up in all which sorts of ways. Like, and I, I don't know, there's just, a, and, the, and the planet is showing the fuck out as we saw in the tornadoes that happened just fucking yesterday. Like there are two days ago, mm. like these tornadoes are like, I, like I, there was one that was like on the ground for 158 miles, like just like, and there were three at once. Like, it's just like, there's a lot going on. And so the holidays don't seem so cheerful. And I just wanted to, you know, chat with you guys about the holiday season in general and mental health and how people are feeling and what's going on and either personally or just like what you're observing and what your hopes or predictions are on what this holiday season is going to turn out to be. Yeah, I feel like I could definitely feel like the tension like mm. around people like um this holiday season um i think people i think people are already going through a lot of mental health you know like anxiety and stress is because of everything going on but i think the holiday season just adds to it right like the pressure maybe having to get gifts for people the pressure of not having money the pressure of all you know all this other stuff so i think that um like like, for example, like, the other day, me and my wife went to do grocery shopping, right? And and there was this, this dude who was, like, trying to park his van or whatever. And I was, by, like, I was, my car was behind him. So he's telling me, like, he's signaling with his hands, like, he's going in there, right? Like, he's pointing, like, I'm parking there. So I'm like, cool, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Do your thing. And so then he goes, he starts to stop. So I, I'm stopped. And then he goes, like, like, so when I go to make my, to make a left to go past him, the dude storms out his car, ready to fight to the point where he left his car on reverse. So his car started going back. He has to go back in his car, put it back in park, and he's coming out screaming like a lunatic. And this is like maybe like a 50-year-old man. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not somebody in my age range. It's somebody who's older than me, right? And he's coming out screaming like a lunatic. Like like, like you would have thought like I hit his car or I did something to him, and I didn't even – so then, so then my wife, she's like, she's telling so because I'm I'm trying to just keep calm, cool, and collected, right? Like I'm like, I tell him like I'm like I'm staying right here in this car <laughs> unless you come. <laughs> uh, uh, no, because it's it, it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be bad regardless right. because it's gonna be me getting out the car, right? Me stopping right. from doing something is gonna be me hurting the fifty year old man who got out of his right. car and came at me. So I'm like, I'm gonna stay in here until I feel like he's a, like he's threatening us. And at that point, that's when I get out the car. Until then, I'm gonna stay right here, let him scream, let him. He's screaming, going crazy, and all this other stuff, you know. And and I, I was able to hold my composure, and I moved, I parked, whatever. And after we park, he's still screaming his head off. So I'm like, I walk a little closer. And I'm like, listen, I think you need some therapy. I think, I think, I told just like that. Like, and I was in arguments. So I was like, I think you need to get some therapy. I was like, get some therapy, get some therapy, because I don't know what led you to get so upset at me. Because I didn't even mean to do it. Like, I wasn't trying to take your smile. I trying. I didn't. I wasn't aggressive towards him at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't like I was pissed off. Like it right. caught me off guard how he came out the vehicle. Like that's how that's how off guard like we were, wow. you know. But um, I, that was an example when I'm you know I've seen I've seen it left and right. I've seen it in stores. People just arguing back and forth. You know, like it's extra like over little things too. Like you know, and I think that um, it's the pressure of the holidays. You know, and I think that um, you said it very well. You said last year it was a pandemic still, so people were like, oh, you know, this is this year. Next year will be better or whatever. And then next year is here. And we're still in a pandemic, and for a lot of people, it isn't better. If anything, it's worse, right? Because there is no stimulus. There is no, now you have to go work. Like, it's not like you're working from home. Maybe you may have to go to work now. Maybe you have to, you know, whatever it may be. So 
I think there's a lot going on right now. So, um, and and as parents as well, like I could totally understand the pressure of like, um, just thinking you have to get your kids stuff, right? Like this whole thing, like having to get your kids gifts, you know. And um, it's a conversation me and my wife have had, like you know, like they'll be the kids will be happy with anything they get from us. You know what I'm saying? Like you just have to be grateful that you're able to get them something. And the the, the biggest gift you give them is is love, right? Like it's just like it does. It's not something material. Um, so that's my message to anybody out there listening to this. Like, don't feel the pressure of anything. You know what I'm saying? Just love, love. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't afford to give somebody. Just give them, show them some love. Give them some love. You know what I'm saying? They'll, they'll, they will appreciate that because we all need, we all need love. Like we do. Yeah, yeah. Mm. What about you, Skittles? What observations do you have? Yeah, I, I don't think that I could really say that I'm feeling the Christmas spirit. You know, my halls are death. <laughs> you know, um, and you know my my house is decorated and and all of that, but it's like I don't know. It, it hasn't it hasn't really like hit me, and I don't know that I like. I almost feel like every year I you kind of have like that realization of like Christmas isn't doesn't hit the way it used to when you were a kid, you know. Mm-hmm. But like this year, it feels extra like. It's different because, yeah, like, just echoing what you both said of, like, yes, we're still in a pandemic, but now, like, the, we're in a pandemic and the world is opening up again. And so, like, we're dealing with, like, having to go back into a pace and a hustle mm-hmm. that after a year indoors, we told ourselves that we didn't want to return to, you know? Yeah. Um, and, like, trying to keep up the self-care and the self-love and all this stuff that we picked up while we were reflecting and, and you know, having to spend all this time with ourselves and stuff like that, trying to keep that up while still also keep up with everything else, you know, and the days feel like they happen in seconds, you know, mm-hmm. it feels like the days are shorter, the sun goes down earlier, like, <laughs> I'm, yeah. you, I, I feel like I'm always like chasing a clock, you know. Um, and yeah, it's, it's interesting. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. And I mean, both of y'all spend a great deal of time around children. Um, and also Mozo, I don't know, do you still work at the facility? Is that still what you do for work or you're, you're not there anymore, but you used to be in a, in a, in a juvenile detention, juvenile detention center. Yeah. And, and so like, but but you also have children, which is also, which means you spend a great deal of time around children. Um, how do you guys notice the energy of the younger generation around the holidays? Because I feel like when I used to work with kids, obviously pre-pandemic and like years before that, um, you know, Christmas time, like kids are excited in a different way. They have a very particular energy that I always found super uplifting. Are the kids more more uh, apathetic or um, are they more jaded than, than usual this year, would you say? Or do you think that they are completely untouched and the fairy tales of Christmas and all the other holidays that get celebrated during this time is still alive for them? Hmm. Well, I, yeah, it's good. I'm sorry. No, okay, okay. I feel like there's like a handful of kids who's like, I guess, whose parents are doing a great job of keeping the magic alive. Like they mm-hmm. have that like, Christmas spirit. But I do, I would say that the majority, at least in the 
community, like the middle school, high school community is jaded and apathetic towards everything. <laughs> like, and so that's, that's, that's including Christmas, you know, because it's like they witnessed, they witnessed a, a flu come in and put us on our asses and showed, a, showed them that, you know, school is a fucking joke and that teachers and, and the school doesn't know, doesn't, don't actually know what they're doing. And I feel like that apathy has spread to everything. <laughs> um, and not in like a, their negative Nancy's or whatever. It's just like a certain kind of like, um, well, if I don't give a fuck, I don't give a fuck, you know, like, right. um, and yeah, at least that's what I've noticed. Yeah, I, I kind of, I could see that. Um, I could definitely see that uh, Skittles. Um, as far as the kids at home here, like my little one, she's four and she's super excited, you know, like, but again, like you just have to take into account, like what's the home life like, right? Like mm -hmm. some of these kids, sometimes they don't have the best home life. So the holidays for them means they're going to be home, maybe in a place they don't want to be at, mm -hmm. right? Around people they don't want to be around. And um, that's why sometimes when you do work in a school or a detention center or whatever it may be, that's why sometimes during the holidays, tensions are really high, right? You see fights breaking out. You see, because they, they're thinking, oh, I'm about to be home for a whole week and a half without being in school, which a lot of times school, as much as they say they hate it, it's sometimes it's their safe place, right? Mm -hmm. It's a place where they get, a, they get away from those kind of things, the things going on at home and stuff like that. So that's why sometimes you see it like around Thanksgiving, around Christmas, around the holidays, you see a lot of like, those tensions for kids, you know. Um, but I do think this generation, because of COVID, they are very just like, I don't care. Um, <laughs> COVID took school down, so you ain't no, shit, seriously. <laughs> you ain't nothing, teacher. If you it doesn't nothing. serve them, <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying. You know, uh, and they're 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 also a generation that comes with like half of their education. They can look it up on YouTube and TikTok, like literally. Yeah, it's yeah. like, what do you? Like what do you what you teaching? So, me? I could just I could just I could just look up. Information is so accessible that like I, I just feel like it, it um it it affects their approach to everything else or whatever. hundred percent. I will and, say but this I, though. I will say this though. Today the Secret Santa at my <laughs> at my school started, and my Secret Santa got me an iced coffee and then a little start of the morning. So shout out to my oh. secret Santa, whoever you are. So the reason I asked you guys all of that and wanted to weave it back together was to make the point that I think that the most valuable thing that people can do this holiday season, whether it is with young people in your life or just honestly anyone in your life or any place that you're at in, in your life is to appreciate the time of being engaged with one another, like actually spend time or loved ones where you're off of your phones. Actually invite yourself to have conversations about shit you care about. And I don't necessarily mean, no, like racial justice. And it doesn't have to be like the optimal thing. In fact, I, I almost want to offer that people this holiday season find moments where they can drop all of those things and all of the causes and all of the things that they carry every day to prove a point and to, like, to not have to fight for a moment and be able to be present with each other. Um, because I don't feel like 
in some spaces, people are checking in with each other enough. And I think that if we really were checking in on one another enough, it's not to say that the world wouldn't still be pushing to open up the way it is, because that's a structural thing, you know, that's something of, of capitalism and this country and the way that the wheel works, right? But if we were checking in with each other enough to make ourselves and the people we love highest good, the most important thing that maybe the way we would put our foot down about some of the ways that we're being rushed into life would look a lot different if we believed that the, our well-being was more important than what mm. is happening and what is being perpetuated. I, I really think that. I think it's hard for people to believe that their voice or their opinion and their experience matters. And so why the fuck am I going to get together with a bunch of people who are in their head, the the picture of um, advocacy is like being in the street and protesting and looting maybe. And so they put like all these ugly pictures to speaking up for yourself and defending yourself when really it doesn't even need to look like anything like that. Um, you know, and, and I think it's important that people spend time to check in with each other and then find something to, to be joyous about, right? Then find a way to laugh, even if it's just laughing at how it's all fucked if you have no way <laughs> to laugh, you know, like, because another thing people are really dealing with is a lot of death. There's just been mm -hmm. millions and millions of deaths that, and the numbers don't seem to really slow down and we're surrounded by it. Um, and, and, and we don't, I feel like the amount of deaths that some families have experienced even over the span of just one year, and not just to COVID, right? But just like normal death on top of the fact that there's a pandemic and the way that the pandemic changed the way people can engage that process. Of, of when someone pass, passes on, like so much is fucked, but like, are we really stopping for a moment and, and, and checking in with ourselves? Because we can't end inflation overnight. We can't fucking change the American government overnight, right? We can't change our corporate bosses overnight, but we really can focus on ourselves and we have to believe in the power of that. And we have to practice that in community because I feel like the more that you just hear it or reshare it on a meme, on your IG story versus actually being like, no, I'm gonna look at somebody today and actually tell them I love them and not have a TikTok or on a fucking video being like, if you received this video today, somebody wants you to know you're important. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how about I just leave you a voice note telling you you're important? You know, like, even if it wasn't mm. the TikTok that prompted me to remember to tell you that, that's okay. But like, what's the difference? What is the gift of some of someone's word of someone's um, appreciation, gratitude, like the gift of gratitude, like on some nuanced gratitude, not just like, hey, thanks for being my mom, but like something specific, like let people's hearts crack open. A lot of people need to fucking cry who are holding into tears. And I think the best way to let it out is also through joy and celebration and not just through tragedy and not just something bad happening. And suddenly that's the trigger. Let the trigger be the joy and release that shit. I think that's the gift that we could all give ourselves this year because we all been through a lot and we don't know when it's gonna get better. And mm. we don't know if it's gonna get worse. Mm. So. Yo, that, that's all facts. See this, see this yeah. how I found you, this how I found you, y'all. Y'all how I found you. <laughs> this how I found you. I was probably, I was probably going through somebody's story and she was, <laughs> she was talking some real shit like this. And I was like, who, I was like, who is this? Follow. Appreciate <laughs> his, that, you know? And here we are, but like you're hundred percent correct. And you know, like like you said, like there's a lot of people that we may know personally, right? That they they don't practice what they preach, right? Like it's easy to make a mm -hmm. video for for views or for likes or whatever, right? About oh, you're this kind of person, but then in real life, you're not that person or whatever. What, what are you doing, right? To what what are you doing to really like even if it's one person, right? Even if it's one person, somebody you work with, even somebody in your house, 
have you have you have you practiced what you're talking about like have you practiced what you preach have you practiced it or are you just saying it just just to say it you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and and i think that's what the world is is truly truly missing it's it's just so divided um nobody wants to take the time to understand anybody um everybody just wants to be on some like i'm on the left side and i'm on the right side and i'm on this side i'm on this side you know kind of like it's like a tug of war like you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying like just <laughs> pulling back and forth getting nowhere because in tug of war nobody gets anywhere one group thinks then one group could also think too right like that's how it works mm-hmm. so um it's just we need to do better and um that, that was well said yeah thank you thank you and also you know if you're out enjoying the holidays i just always like to remind people like tip generously you know be in a space of of giving with with the trust that anything you invest comes back to you seven times over right like knowing that like being in that flow because you never know how just a little bit of something will change something for someone in a big way, you know, or how that energy is going to come back and hit you like, oh, because you weren't, you know, being cheap or being in a negative mindset of of lack mentality and what you don't have and I don't have and I can't afford and I can't afford. That's another gift. I think people should give themselves the gift of trying at least for a week to speak in a way where they can only speak an affirmation and not say something negative. Um, Mm. So like if I'm missing money, right, or if if something say, I know I'm going to get over this financial hardship, right? Saying that instead of, oh, these fucking bills, I'm drowning, man. This shit is crazy. Fuck this taxes. Fuck these. Like, you can say that, and those are valid things, but it's also valid to say, I know I'm going to get through this financial struggle. I trust what needs to happen will happen. There's a different energy. We really are the masters and orchestrators of our energies in so many ways. And while there are things that impact and change the work that we do on our energy, all we got to do is keep pushing back, right? We just got to be like, oh, okay. Had to dodge that bullet and remind myself, you know, no weapons formed against me shall prosper, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Parking right. spot is mine. Don't know what your problem is. <laughs> Get some therapy. Right. Like, you're right. Now you're right. Like it's all about like how like, and and so you don't know what other people are going through, right? Like mm-hmm. they, like 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 I don't know what that man. That man may have lost. Like you don't know, right? He may have lost somebody in his life. He, may, you know, like off the river, I could be like, damn, he's just mad because I he thinks I'm trying to take his spot. But it could—it's probably deeper than that, right? Like mm-hmm. he's probably going through a million and one things. Not just me taking, not him thinking I'm taking the spot. Like you don't know what he's going through, and that's why I kept it calm. Like I said, I'm at a point in my life where I keep it calm unless I feel like someone's gonna harm me physically, where I have to get physical. I'm very good with using my words and just de-escalating situations instead of escalating them and making it because you just don't know what people are going through, and sometimes people just need. Sometimes things happen, and people explode, and. And next thing you know, they need to just you need they need to be held so they could just cry sometimes. You know right. what I'm saying? Like 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 yep. it's, it's as simple as that. I, I look at like like kids, like my daughter, she can have a whole tantrum about something right now, right? And then thirty seconds later I hold her and she's crying. I'm like, Are you okay? Like you know what I'm saying? Like that's we're still that we're still like that sometimes. Like we're still we need that. And we need that, we still need that hug. We still need that like that love of someone being like, Yo, it's all right, like it's okay. I understand, but you're gonna it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. I'm here. Like my heart is so warm because I'm one of those adults when I have breakdown. <laughs> I have a friend that I'll, I'll like break down and he'll be like, he'll be like, It's okay. We know you're a crybaby. It's okay. Come here. <laughs> but it's great. Um, awesome. Thank you. So now we are gonna move into our plate of the day, our main topic, which this week we um want to cover. It's a little darker than usual, but we're about to get into it. So let's Let's get into our plate of the day. 
Let's get into it. Look good. Oh my God, this is delicious. I definitely want to taste that. All right. So I was scrolling through social media as I do. And I saw a very disturbing video of a man who was on a Facebook Live before he decided to um, kill his ex-wife after he had just finished killing his ex-girlfriend and after he finished the deed, he then killed himself. So it was a double murder suicide in uh, Maryland. Um, and it seems, it, it appears by the video that the gentleman had been going through some custody battles that had really, really affected his mental and emotional health. Um, he, in the video, he quotes saying things like, I don't have no family. I don't have no one. They're trying to take my kids away from me. And like, and he even describes the moment where he lost it and how unreal it was. And he describes uh, killing his ex-girlfriend um, who at the time was pregnant and was threatening to uh, take the, the the child away from him in the way that his um, ex-wife had been doing in the custody battle and he snapped um and part of the reason why that really shook me to the core was because um you know a couple years back I was I used to manage a WeWork space in Harlem and we had a member there who was this he was this dope dude like he was actually one of my favorite people in the building which feels eerie to say now um and one of the one of the reasons he was my favorite is because he would always in with his wife um, and they were this gorgeous family. And then one day I woke up in the news and he had murdered himself and his wife and his daughter, you know, and, and like, and then himself, like, and it was just a lot, you know? And I, and I remember like, it didn't, I didn't fully process what happened, what that was and what happened. And like, how I felt really weird about the fact that I couldn't read it on him at all. That like in, in no way, she, like if this was law and order and the cops would have came through to ask me a question about it before I had actually heard the news, I would have, and not told me what happened and just asked me to talk about this man. I would have sung his praises like I was trying to get him hired somewhere. Like I would have said all the fucking amazing things, right? And and I just, it, it scares me to think that people can carry something like that emotionally and be able to trigger into something so violent so quickly and no one pick up on it. Mm -hmm. um, so that that was really what had me fucked up about it. And then it led me to believe like, yes, there's this example in the news in Maryland and there's an example that I'm talking about a couple years ago that hit closer to home, but this is not uncommon. Um, and I even think about being a Dominican woman and we're talking about the States now, but like in DR, like the, first of all, Dominican Republic has like the highest domestic violence rates in the Caribbean, right? Like, you know, and men often like end up like straight up killing their wives and girlfriends, like, you know, and not just shooting them, you know, but like just beating them down, like all sorts of awful things. Women who's been acids been thrown in their faces. They've been lit on fire, like just like really, really violent shit. Um, and it's disturbing. And I think that it's important to still talk about it though. It's still important to see a news headline like this and take a moment of pause and consider like how something like this could happen and, and why things like this happen. So um, just wanted to hear both of y'all's initial thoughts on the story itself. Yeah, it's, it's sad. Like it's tragic and sad and um. You know, I, I think that a lot of times, um, unfortunately, us men don't have 
where we're just not brought up right to express ourselves and how we feel right so like for example if I'm, he's going through a custody battle he's he might be dying inside about it right or whatever and he's not going to express that to anybody and so unfortunately they he snaps you know and it's not to make excuses for anybody or anything like that but this is why this is why we need to create more spaces and need to have more conversations so that men can feel more comfortable with having and talking about their feelings and how they feel about them. Because this is real life. There's a lot of men going through custody battles. There's a lot of men going through these kind of things, right? So the same way that we have groups for all these other things, you know, right? Like it could be a a men's group of men going through custody battles, They're able to express themselves in a safe place about how they feel and how they're going through, how they're coping, right? Coping, which we don't are we're taught to cope with like having drinks and smoke and that, you know, that that's not healthy. That's not, that's not healthy coping. You know what I'm saying? That, that, anything, that leads to sometimes even worse, right? That may lead you to snap or do crazy things or, you know, do something worse. So, um, it's unfortunate whenever I hear something like that in the news or, you know, hear about it. And, and, and like you said, in DR, it's something that it, it's the highest and it, and, so many kids aren't even reported, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's another thing. So many kids aren't even reported, right? Because in the campo where things happen left and right, where those those aren't even those aren't even reported. Those aren't even people don't even know half the time what, what's happening, right. what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, like I said, it's tragic, but you know, at the same time, it's also something that pushes me as a man to like continue to continue to do the work as far as just speaking up. And you know, I know that I people people have to realize like you can lead by example, right? Like, if even if it's another man, another father, or whatever, you know, may see me being able to speak about my emotions and how I feel, that may lead to him being able to do that, you know? And I've seen that with, you know, with with other men that I've connected with, you know, as far as, you know, just having a conversation about something, right? It's like, they feel comfortable maybe having a conversation with me now because they see me talking about it. Maybe they wouldn't feel as comfortable speaking to somebody else because, of course, they feel like you're going to be judged or you're not man enough, or you're punk, or you're this, or whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, man, you know, like, the only way to stop these tragedies from happening is by continuing to just um, create the spaces for for men, especially, to be able to just express themselves in a healthy way. You know, there's a lot of men men groups out there. Um, That's something that helped me as well. You know, like, during the pandemic, I joined a men's group that was based out of California. And we met, you know, every Tuesday on through Zoom. And I was able to connect with a community of different people that I I've never connected with because I've never mm-hmm. was never exposed to it or never or didn't know what it was. So it was like, mm-hmm. you know how it is growing up, right? Like it's like for me it was like, Oh, if I don't know it, yeah. Same thing how I do with food sometimes. I never tasted that before, so I don't want to taste it. I never had mm-hmm. that, so I'm not gonna taste it, right? Like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like it's not like Expose yourself. Learn. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like learn. You never learn. You can learn from somebody else. So, but yeah. it's, it's it's a sad and tragic situation. Yeah, I think like it's crazy to think about, and I think really the combination of talking about, you know, the way this man was triggered, and then also just having um, Mozo on, who is a content creator who is creating these spaces and creating content that's for this community. To think about like our generation of men and like how many generations under us and all the generations before us who like literally just do not have the examples of like fathers and like 
men who can healthily express themselves. Like I cannot think of a single adult mature man in my life that I can say like healthily expresses themselves and like, you know, has an outlet to do that or, you know, or, or who hasn't like had to hit rock bottom to be able to then, mm-hmm. you know, flip it around and, and, and learn how to express themselves. And it's just so unfortunate. Like, cause even thinking about me and myself and like, if I were to be a father, I don't know if I could be a, like, right. how I would be able to handle that or because I just, the examples just aren't there, you know? And like, and like, not, that's not to say that like my father was like the best father that he could have been, you know, mm-hmm. and that he knew how to be, you know? Um, and I'll give him those flowers and whatnot, but it's just like, I think about my brother and like the things that he goes through with, you know, his, you know, uh, children's mothers and, you know, just like the ways in which um, situations can get played out and roles can get, you know, distorted and people talk about other people and people get accused of certain things to certain ways be turned you know, have have the judge or have the courts or have whoever family members and friends see someone a certain way. Um, and just to know that like these men don't have like the outlet, like, like what, 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 it, what even is the, the, the cure for that? Like, or the fix for that other than like having a mozo or having a. <laughs> right. Right. Um, a Rick Herrera. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I I think there's so many layers to this conversation, right? But that I think does really come back and center to um, the products of toxic masculinity because I don't believe that most men, and I'm not even gonna say cishet because like you can be on any part of the spectrum and if you identify or if you have an experience that feels very centered in things that are products of toxic masculinity, it really, your identity doesn't matter if those things have manifested and are part of who you are and have, and and how you practice, um, you know. Um, but I think that like with men, there's just this constant pressure that really just comes from the same pressure that they then put down on other people, AKA women or or people who don't identify as men, like that they put on them. It's like the byproduct is like, oh, I come from a generation of getting my ass beat. And so I'm going to beat your ass. It's like, they don't recognize that a lot of the ways that they show up and don't leave room for others to express themselves in their gender identity also suffocates them and keeps them to have to play to a a specific way of their gender identity. And that's one thing, right, Mm -hmm. about being sensitive. But then there's this other layer of like, all right, but I was raised as a man to believe that my role includes being a provider. And then you have the situation where you're talking about custody battles, right? And you're talking about men who perhaps, and I can't speak to the life of this man and who he was, so I'm going to speak in a hypothetical. Um, You know, if I'm a dude who maybe didn't have the best relationship with my dad, or maybe I did, right? But for whatever reason, being a father to me matters very much and understanding the kind of father I want to be and and that important to me is another layer. But then what are the things that block me from doing that? Maybe my job doesn't pay shit. 
right? Like maybe I don't have enough finances to do that. And so I feel limited by the circumstances that affect my finances. I am not in a relationship with the mother of my children, right? And we're in a constant headbutt. And so I feel like that person who is the mother and mothers who get so much credit for parenting and like are put on a pedestal because they give birth in a particular way, which isn't always true. I'm speaking in a hypothetical here, right? Like, you know, like that energy, like I have to battle against the fact that at the end of the day, I'm always going to be the ancient dad, even if I show up as a father, because women always win in these arguments, right? Then you, ha you have that layer. Then you have the layer of like, what the fuck are the tools even, right? Like gender aside and like, oh, am I soft enough to, to be in touch with my feelings or not? Fine. Tell a dude, yeah, go be in touch with your feelings. And maybe he'll be like, fine. But then he might ask you, well, what? I don't know what that really means. I don't know mm -hmm. what that, I don't know what that looks like. Like, you mean play 2K with my boys and chill? Like, is that? And in some cases, like things like that do, but it's about the intentionality and understanding how you're using those tools and not just mindlessly getting into these routines, right? If you want to be intentional about self care and if your self-care does include being on call of duty then figure it out so that when you're on call mm. of duty you're really tapping into what that is for you so that it does the work and not that you just sat there for hours like a zombie and it didn't really matter either either way because you still hate your life right like what are what's that labor but it's not just men don't know what that looks like our community in general does not fucking mm. know what that like, which is so tragic because once upon it, we come of lineages of people who were experts at this kind of mindfulness and centering yourself. And it's been rebranded and we see it come through so many white lenses that we think it's white people shit. And it's not white people. Let me tell you something. White people did not invent self-care. <laughs> okay. It is not mm -hmm. a white people thing. It's white people marketing. But we have to be able to distinguish the two, right? But you add that layer on there, right? So now, so now homeboy is like, now, when I'm at the peak and I am actually having a genuine emotional mental breakdown, right, where I'm about to lose control, the, the slope to that is slippery. And yes, it can be fast. But the more tools and precautionary things that you have in place as a person, the less likely it's going to end in you murdering people. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and so I, I for me, it's like there's so many layers to this conversation. and Each one of these layers actually deserves its own fucking full extensive podcast episode you know what I mean like, there's nowhere we're going to be able to break it all down but you know I think one place to start when as it relates to a case where we're talking about two people who are co-parenting and can't seem to get it together in a particular way and it leads to something violent you know communication really is at the root whether it's communicating with your partner communicating with yourself communicating with your healthcare providers because like hello if you feel like you're fucking slipping and and again i'm not speaking to him specifically just in general if you feel something's wrong you know your doctors are there for mental health too right you know you mm. can tell your primary care doctor you know sometimes they'll ask oh what do you do for work Holly? and they'll ask you casual questions they're not just trying to be chummy dummy they are asking you because if you say a red flag <laughs> they're gonna write that shit down and they're gonna be like huh I'm going to refer you to this because I think you need to see somebody because I think you need help, right? So, like, mm. communicate, communicate. And I'm curious from you guys, what is your perception or what have you observed about um, relationships and the way couples communicate in relationships in your experience, both relationships maybe you've been in or ones that you've observed? And yes, romantic, but it could also be familial if it, if it applies. What, it, what do you observe about communication in relationship this day and age? In my family, I think the biggest the biggest uh, thing with communication in my family that I realized, especially over the last like year or so, that's become way more evident is that 
Uh, the older generation definitely groomed us to not talk. Mm. You know, if it was something that, that could ruffle feathers or was different from, you know, what the family would be accepting of, like, then they just would not mm -hmm. talk about it. And like, you know, you don't talk about it until it disappears and stuff like that. And it, it happens over and over and over again in any type of relationship within my family. Um, mm. And it's been something that I'm like, damn, like for a family that is so loud and has such big personalities in it, for us to be able to like really hold our tongue because it, it comes from both from both ends. Like like the person who is getting the critique might react to a certain way, or the person who is giving the critique or giving the trying to communicate a certain feeling um, doesn't want a bad reaction, so they choose to hold it back. Mm -hmm. um, and so kind of introducing the idea of better communication and being able to communicate without the fear of ruffling feathers and without, with the understanding that like someone's reaction be valid or, or, you know, it's not part of the world if they react a certain way, not everybody's trying to attack you. Like introducing mm -hmm. that to the family has been very interesting. Um, and I don't know that I'm the person who's either doing the introducing. I don't know that I'm doing a great job of introducing it. You know, like I'm also mm. engaging in the in the um, lack of communication. But I know that that is something in general for, on both ends, both sides, a common theme throughout is the right. lack of communication. <laughs> and shout out to you, though, skills to like um, trying to you know, doing it, like, you know what I'm saying? Like saying, recognizing it, recognizing it, which is the first step. <laughs> and then, and then putting it right. And then, and then doing it. Now, I, I was going to say trying, but you're doing it. Um, it. It's, it's the same thing when it comes to, to my family in a way, you know, um, it's like a lot of pride involved. I felt like it was like, you're never supposed to show like you're going through something or you're weak yeah. or, you know, like anything like that. Right. Like that kind of stuff. And I understand like, yeah, like, I mean, I'm not going to go to a, like, a public place and be like, well, yeah, my mom is laying on the bills and she's struggling. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to do that either, right? Yeah. But it's like, what are my feelings about that, right? And and why why can I not express them to you, mom? You know what I'm saying? Like, well, why can't you express that to me? You know, that kind of stuff. Um, For a long time, I thought I was great at communicating. You know, I thought I was great, you know, I thought I was great. And I realized that I wasn't because... um. I was just somebody who just was just saying what. That's that's kind of where like watch your mouth comes from. Watch your mouth from mm. it's, like, it's not more of like watching your mouth. It's more of just like sometimes you just gotta take it in, whatever's being said to you, right? And then say what you're gonna say, but make sure you take it in. Don't just blah and say it without without mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying that kind of stuff. Um, and the, the communication with my with my family has improved a lot, and it all started with me having a conversation with my parents, mm -hmm. where, where we where we cried and all that because like mm. I told them how I felt, like I told them I told them like how I felt as a kid, I told them how I felt, you know, and at the same time I also told them like I know that y'all did the best y'all did, like like my dad was raised by like a a, a a man who was like in the military who was like you know very you know 
machista, right? Machista, right? Like very like just with, with my oozing with machismo, oozing with it, right? Like just like no son of mine is gonna be this, no friend mm. son of mine is gonna be that, you know that type of mentality, mm-hmm. right? So like if you grow up with that, then how can I blame my father for 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 having that kind of mentality when raising me, right? Like like it. How can I, I? How can I be upset for my dad not telling me he loves me if his dad right. never told him he loved him? You know what I'm saying? Like that's not something that he was used to hearing. So like, I, you know, but it took me time and me learning and growing within myself to realize these things, right? Mm-hmm. But um, but I think that um, this generation, I think we're we're you know we're the generation that we're breaking a lot of cycles, and even though we may not see the results right away, um. It's not about the results right away. It's about like my son will have a better relationship with his kids, and even whether he has kids or not, whoever he comes in contact with, he'll have a better relationship with them because of the fact that I'm communicating with him in a healthy way, and mm-hmm. his mom is communicating with him in a healthy way, right? And the same thing with my daughter. The same thing with anybody I come in contact with. That's 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 really the goal. It's just everybody able to communicate in a healthy way, and um. Because we just live like in a result based where like everybody just wants to see results right away, like tomorrow, right? Like oh. Well, I spoke to my mom about this, but she still has her moments. Well, yeah, she still has her moments. It was been freaking 50 years of her life of her living the same exact way. And now you, right, told right. Her, you just told her yesterday how, you know what I'm saying? Like, give her some time. <laughs> give, give them some time. Give them some time to, like, they'll get to it. And I've seen, look, from, from what I was going up to, I see my dad now. My dad has made a drastic change to how we live his life. You know what I'm saying? How he communicates and things like that. Is it the best? No, but compared to where he was to where he is now. And, and part of it is because he sees, he sees me communicate with my son, right? He sees me, how mm. I go about things. Like he's learning from me in a way, like he's probably thinking, it's like, Oh, it's okay. You know what I'm saying? Because again, if he was never exposed to any, any other men, man doing this. And now he sees his own son doing this. It's like, Oh, we are capable of doing this. We can do this. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to be this, like, this, this this solid rock guy that's always just like a rock mm-hmm. who has no type of emotional type of feelings like you know my and then and my dad is an emotional guy like my dad has cried before but he's the type of guy that he was always trying to hide when he cried like he didn't want to mm-hmm. say what he was crying about you know what I'm saying but I saw my I seen my dad cry before but he never told me why he was crying he never said anything like that and I'm talking about as an adult because as a kid it's different but as an adult he never told me like he would just he would just be like I'm saying like it's okay to cry my brother <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't, yeah, I don't know that I've ever seen my father cry. I've seen my dad cry. Um, but I've seen my dad cry in moments of deep pride. I've never seen my dad cry being sad. And I'm mm. looking up in the air because I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like trying to scan my brain before I say that. But yeah, even like deaths that have happened adjacent to the family, like he's not been, I'm not saying he hasn't cried at all. I'm saying I haven't seen it outside of him uh, celebrating um, his kids and me, like I've I've made him cry because I've made him proud, type shit. So it's very different. Um, but I even imagine that those tears come from a pride, but it's also like, you know, when like something has been so dark and deep inside of you for so long, but like just seeing someone gives you like a little hope or a little something where even if it's not you, like you're just like, damn, this is alive. Like this thing, this possibility lives. Um, and I'm part of that because he's my father, you know, like he, him and my mom had sex and made me. So it is an extension of him. Like, <laughs> you know, so like, I feel like for him, it is that. And, but will he ever sit me down and talk about all the hardships and all the things that got sacrificed? I don't know, you know? Um, and I think communication 
you know, to answer the question on my end, like I come from a very loving family where people are willing to have conversations, but to, but sometimes people need to be dragged by their ear to be sat down to have the conversation. But once we're there, we're there, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. And we're, and we're willing to be in that space. Um, but sometimes the space is productive and sometimes it's not. And oftentimes when it's not productive, it is the masculine sides of us. Cause it's not even, oh, the men in my family versus the women. Cause the women in my mm-hmm. family, we are some fucking, Oh, fucking pit bulls. Like, <laughs> very aggressive, masculine women, feminine, masculine women. You know what I mean? So like everybody gets it. Everybody catches hands left and right if need be. Um, but when those masculine parts of us show up in those conversations, that's usually when it goes left. That's mm. usually when we're not able to navigate it and move forward. And, you know, we all talked a lot about family, but I will say what I observe in terms of communication with um, a lot of relationships, romantic relationships, um, which lends itself to this story is just people holding on so tightly to mm. expectation that are often tied to gender norms. Again, going back mm. to this idea of men being providers and like how they're supposed to show up <clears throat> versus how women think they're supposed to show up, like causes a rift for people to have such a closed mindset that instead of moving forward and progressing in a situation that they're in, as it fits them personally and how their situation works with versus how they think it needs to look like because they care that other people look at their relationship a particular way. And so, you know, they'll cause all the drama in the world because they want what somebody else has instead of trying to focus on what they need for themselves. Like the communication is like terrible. People tear each other down. People call each other out of their fucking names. You know, if you're a millennial um, Gen Z generation, you might be throwing subs online with, with fucking memes and shit like that. Like there's just this deep toxicity that comes and, and people still want to communicate, but what they're communicating is that they are in such an immature place that the only way they can respond to the situation is by doing one of those things, right? But when you're talking about older generations, too, who don't resort or don't have these outlets of technology to, like, express feelings and feel validated in their feelings, sometimes that's where action comes in, and they want to be validated when they're face-to-face with somebody and they're beating their fucking face in, and it's like, yeah, the validation of... I have power over you this way. You know what I mean? And you're still going to sleep in the bed with me tonight because if you don't, I'll beat your ass again. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's people who have that kind of satisfaction. And I feel like going back to what I was saying about the holidays, even, like, people need to sit with themselves and really, you know, have conversations and and understand what they need. Um, Because if no one's intent is to harm someone, whether they fuck with them or not, then you should do a lot of work to be able to communicate so that you don't get to that place. It's your mm. responsibility at the end of the day. It doesn't matter how fucked up your baby mom's is. I'm tired of seeing people tear, oh, cause the baby mom's, it doesn't matter. What are you trying to do about your situation? How do you want to communicate how you're feeling? And I'll say, nah, I don't wanna, I'd rather not, I'd rather not deal. And people come up with excuses as to why they'd rather not show up as their higher selves, but then still wanna have the same level of complaints when they get low vibrational interaction right back at them. We have to meet each other where we want to be, not just where we're at. We got to be able to do the work to communicate up higher. And most relationships I don't see have that. And a lot of relationships, people think that the best way to solve that is to just try, stay in the relationship longer. We're going to work this out, but we love each other. But can you communicate with each other? Are you guys in a healthy dynamic? So should you be with each other? Yes or no. Like People need to be able to have difficult conversations with themselves. 
to save themselves from mental breakdown. I don't think that we recognize that in the same way you got to do a maintenance on a car, we're our own vehicle. We have to be doing maintenance on ourselves constantly to not be put in a position where somebody could get this violent. So how do y'all practice communication though? Like in relationships and, and again, I actually am interested in this aspect in the romantic side with people when it comes to feelings and that sort of stuff. How do y'all communicate? Do you think you guys have any good tips for communication styles or areas of opportunity for growth that you're aware of and you're working on? Mm, um, I think for me, when it comes to communication, especially like in the romantic realm, I know that I need to practice a bit more like assertiveness. Hmm. And I think that can be related to like my communication in general. I tend to like shy away from communication that may have to be a bit, a little bit like more, like I don't like, you know, I mean, I'm I'm confrontation. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I don't like confrontation. And so like when it's something that that I have to like confront some, like some type of confrontational uh, communication, I get nervous and and I don't like dealing with it. and so I think that like uh, combating the nerves that come with communicating and like understanding that like um, the worst possible scenario isn't what I imagine to be the worst possible scenario is really not going to happen, you know. Um, and uh, being confident that I am um, able to communicate in a way that like will be beneficial to both parties. Um, I also think that when it comes to like romantic communication or whatever, um, I tend to have like an obsessive, uh, an obsessive nature about it. And so like, I'll be like assertive, but then like, okay, well now you're not answering. Like, like you know, like I step into crazy a little bit. So, <laughs> Um, See, and what, and, and is it, and is it crazy though? Like, is it crazy or is it something else? And I'm only doing that and I'm not trying to put skills mm-hmm. specifically on the spot, but I think that sometimes that's part of what I mean by we have these presets where it's like, like one of my least favorite things that, that I hear all the time, especially on dating apps is, oh, you know, well, Dominican girls are crazy. So, you know. If you're crazy, let me know now. Ha, 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 ha. Like, first of all, shut the fuck up because you really just trying to. So I don't know why you acting like you give a fuck how crazy I am or I'm not. You <laughs> like me because you want to see what's up with this pussy. You saw the face. You thought it was cute. Now you're trying to see what the fuck is up with the pussy. Stop trying to act like you care how crazy I am. Right? It's not cute. And it's not flirtation. You know? And to me, it's kind of like I hate it because when they say that, I know what they mean. Like, I know what they're putting in the box. I know what picture they have in their head. I always give them a chance to answer. And I go, oh, really? I'm not aware of a Dominican crazy girl. What What does that entail? And I'll ask them to describe to me, what do you think is actually crazy? Sometimes what they're describing is is literally just me being like, oh, okay. So what you're what it sounds like is that you're with a woman who has been conditioned to blah, 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 blah. And it doesn't work for you. Mm. is she crazy or is she a product of toxic masculinity this is what i'm saying like i feel like if people know how to tear things apart like listen i don't mind a crazy girl dominican joke like whatever that's good but 
Like if you really walk around with some of these principles that someone else is crazy or you are crazy for having a train of thought and emotional progression that is clearly valid, happened. So it is real. It happened. You didn't orchestrate it. It's happened. So are you crazy? No. No. <laughs> no you're not crazy. You're not crazy. But yes. Um, I'm sorry, Skittles. Were you done? I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I was gonna say that. Um, one of the things that annoy me the most, especially on social media, is like jokes where like that, like, like mm. crazy or like when a man makes a joke about like woman's lashes or like just anything where they feel like a man feels like they feel like they need to like to me I feel like why do you care <laughs> you know what I'm saying like it's just like and, and it's you know it's it's a product of everything but it's also because sometimes men 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 are so insecure mm -hmm. that 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 they feel like they feel like they need to 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 make the woman feel less, right? To to or or make her point out something negative about her, or, or try to make something neg something that's not even negative, make it negative, so they can feel better about themselves, mm -hmm. right? Like, um, I, I hate those kind of memes, and I hate that kind of stuff. It really annoys me a lot. Um, to get into the communication as far as relationships go, um, when it comes to like. Uh, my wife and, and I feel like the reason why we've been able to grow together is because as we've gotten older, our communication has gotten better. Mm. Um, like I look back, me and I have been together for now almost 15 years. Like as far oh, as like, wow. like together, wow. you know what I'm saying? Like we've been married 11th. We've been together for, for a long time. We've known each other. Right. And when we think back sometimes when we were younger and we're like, we were just, you know, we were young. Right. And we were still learning and stuff, you know, but like there's people that are still that are in their forties and fifties that are still acting the same way you said about subbing each other on social media and doing stuff. There's people on Facebook, there's people that still do that at, at you know, at, at 40 years old and whatever the case, you know, whatever age they may be. And it's part of, like I said, it's part of just not sitting with themselves and you can't expect, like if you feel some way, something about something, right. You can't expect the next person to just read your mind and read your soul and know what's going on with you. Right. And, and you need to understand what you, what is it what what is your real issue like what is it is it something that's that she's doing or he's doing or is it really something within yourself and you're just taking it out on this person because they're the closest ones to you or you know whatever the case may be because a lot of times it's our own shit that we that we're going through and we just feel like we need to take it out on somebody else while well, she's stopping me from doing this you know how many times I've heard that from other mm. male content creators you know how many times I heard mm. that from some bro. Nah, I don't. I'm like, I, I told you, I don't want to hear that. Oh, it's hard to do this when you have a wife or a girlfriend that's that doesn't support you. You talking about the wife and the girlfriend that's probably taking care of your kids right now? You talking about the wife and the girlfriend that's working a job? And you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sorry if she's not 24 seven supporting you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Whatever that you're doing, but she does support you because she's with you, and she, I'm sure she does support you. But like, what do you, what is support to you? Like, now there's another thing. What is support to you? Have you expressed what you support, what the support means to you and what you expect her to support? You know what I'm saying? Have you done that? Have you expressed that, communicated that to her? Because maybe if you have, maybe she will show you that kind of support that you're looking for, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that um, 
for me, again, it's about, like you said, like you have said, it's about just saying which is the, when you communicate with yourself healthy, you're able to communicate with others in a healthy way. And it mm-hmm. all starts with you. You know, I've said this multiple times. The, 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 the relationship you should be working on the most is the one with yourself. And the same thing you do with any other relationship, you do with yourself. Yep. You know, sometimes you got to self-talk to yourself. Sometimes you got to tell yourself certain things. Sometimes you got the same way you tell anybody else, but it all starts with you. And, and and I'm big on that, you know, and there's a lot of times when I sit down before I say anything to my wife and I sit with myself and I say, okay, I feel this, that, this way. What can I, what, like, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing for myself before right. I go to her and, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, and that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, at the end, of, at, the, at the same time, we weren't taught to communicate properly, right? We weren't taught how to communicate. So right. we also had have to be patient with ourselves <laughs> because we we weren't taught to communicate in a healthy way. Like we're learning as we go. Um, and that's what life is right now. But um, again, we're doing the work so that the younger generation, right? And when we're, the generation that we're in right now, we're able to do the work and just communicate better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, I feel like a lot of people, you know, and I'll close this out on this, like a lot of people will look at a new story, a new story like this and just be like, well, yeah, that's crazy. I would never do that. Like I could never picture doing that. I could never, you know, and I don't think that that guy necessarily woke up every day and thought, you know what I picture myself doing? I picture myself committing a double murder suicide. I'm sure he said that before. I'm sure he, I'm sure you would have asked him, I would never do that. You crazy. You know, um, and I think it's time it's it's time that we start accepting that perhaps the generations before us have not collectively any culture any corner collectively done a good job of teaching us how to understand how things like that could just pop up out of nowhere, and so we can never be too sure, we can never be too overly confident about our state because we don't we never know what situation we're going to find ourselves in. Um, so that's why our mental health, our preservation, our communication skills, right, our ability to be present in the moment, our ability to, you know, just, I don't know, just be self-aware. I just be self-aware It is important because even if it's true that you never learn how to make it so that your baby moms doesn't piss you off, like maybe Mm -hmm. that's not your area to control and try to solve. And all you have to do is figure out how can I have a better response to the moments when my baby mom might show up in a way that I'm not going to appreciate that's actually where your your energy could be better spent. Um, all good relationships have their flaws, you know, like there it, it, there's no perfect dynamic. Um, there's only you knowing how you want to respond to life shit. And if life shit includes you having a custody battle that's really ugly, then like how do you respond to life shit in that way? Um, and never be afraid to ask for help. Mm. Never be afraid to ask for mm. help. Um, because all you're doing is putting yourself in harm's way. And you have to know and believe that. You have to just know and believe it and trust it. And you know what? If later on it's on some shit where it's like, oh, you know, this motherfucker went to fucking therapy. Ha ha, your boys want to laugh? Let your boys laugh. Let your boys laugh. Let everybody have a riot. Do the thing. If you are better at the end of it, then that was the value of the price of somebody making a joke or whatever. Like, it's always going to be more valuable to commit to your highest self. It's always going to be more valuable in any way, shape, or form. So, you know, with that said, just check in with yourselves. Um, communicate with your partners and loved ones. And if you're ever having, a, you know, feelings that feel overwhelming and you can't control, 
I advise, implore you, I implore you to seek out all the help possible that you can so that you can avoid being in a situation like this, because whether it's loving relationships or being a student at a school and having an emotional outburst or, mm. you know, being a, like, you know, just being an individual from a rural part of this country that doesn't really see people from other places. And so they feel more prone and triggered to kill them for like, you know, there's like all these things, but it all comes from these same sources of lacking a practice of self check-in mm. check-in and lacking a practice of being able to communicate your feelings. And so you communicate them in a violent way. It's important. Do not think you're good. You're too good for it. Period. That's my PSA. You no one is too good for mental health. No one has a down pack, not even the fucking therapists who get paid for it. Nobody has a down pack. Nobody. Everybody needs to be in practice. Everybody. It's like hygiene. Everybody needs to be in practice. Big facts. Yeah. Well, Mozo, this has been a lovely, lovely, lovely episode. Thank you uh -huh. so much for joining us today. Tell us, where can we find you? Thank you for having me. Um, It's been... <laughs> been a great conversation and i love that i love everything we spoke about um y'all continue to do what y'all do thank you um, likewise and of course we're connected forever so <laughs> oh, primo you already know um but y'all can check me out the easiest ways on instagram at underscore the real mozo um y'all can check out my podcast it's called watch your mouth with mozo podcast um, it's on, if you're looking for the visual and want to see my face on a video, then you go on YouTube, you can see that, um, you just want to hear my voice, then you can go on Apple, Spotify and all the other podcasting, um, providers. Um, but, um, I just want to leave, leave the audience and y'all with something, you know what I'm saying? Because I think it's important. Um, always be you, mm. always be true and always love you. You know what I'm mm. saying? That mm. that's that that's that's what I'm leaving y'all with because we need it, man. It's the only way to to project that to other people, to the ones you love, people you care about, is by showing it to yourself. You guys can find us at Ladies Who Bruncha on Instagram, Ladies Bruncha on Twitter, at the Real Skittles with a Z for me, and at Julie Sa with an H for Julie Sama. Amazing! Thank you so so much for tuning in this week, guys. And until next time, Bruncha. <laughs>